0: This is Payments Innovation. We take you deep into the DNA of digital finance with some of the most respected voices in the industry. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Payments Innovation podcast. Asia-Pacific is the true birthplace of the super app. The region is dominated by behemoths such as Grab, Gojek and WeChat that offer everything from opportunities to chat with your friends, to ordering a cab, like I did yesterday, to paying for coffee. And most recently, we've seen Elon Musk announcing that Twitter, which, by the way, just got rebranded to X, could very much be something similar. But really, is he right? Matters recently also launched the Threads app, which looks like it could very much end up as another thorn in Musk's side as well, beating records for the number of users to sign up in just a 24-hour window. The stage seems set for a battle for super app supremacy. And in this episode, we look at the global super app landscape and what it might very well look like in the future. I'm your host. My name is Ina. And today I'm joined by our esteemed guest who has tremendous experience in this space way, way, way more than I do. Pratus Pastana, head of payments for GoTo Financial. Welcome, Pratyush, and thanks for joining us. Please give our listeners a brief introduction of yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Ina, for inviting me. It'll be a pleasure to talk about Super Apps. My name is Pratyush Prasanna. In my role as Head of Merchant Payments, I look at online payments, offline payments, as well as um, other non-payment uses that merchants have.
0: Perfect. I'm very excited. Now let's cut straight into it. We know super App is a big word. So what exactly is a super app and what's so special about Asia or even Asia Pacific in this context?
1: So super apps are essentially apps which allow you to consume multiple different kinds of services in one place. The best example or maybe the earliest example for which the word super app was coined was essentially WeChat because on one platform they allowed users to do multiple services you could order a taxi as you said you could order food you could do buying of e-commerce the markets in which super apps took off they solved not only the problem of service which let's say is food delivery or taxis but they also solved the problem of uh, discovery unlike in the us where users search on google uh, and you know discover stuff in super apps it provided one single place where you could discover them
0: and in terms of the ways users use the apps, and I would say even within Asia, right, different markets, different countries, people or consumers use it differently as well. So why do you think there have been so many success stories here, maybe as opposed to the other parts of the world, such as Europe, North America, where perhaps consumers tend to rely a little bit more on specialist apps? I think it's
1: because super apps... We're literally a one-stop for many services. In Asia, the behavior is different, as we know. Uh, and we are also used to maybe sifting through data faster. So when the user comes uh, to a super app, the discovery part is kind of automatically taken care of. You see almost all super apps that if you see, if they see their UX, right? It shows very clearly that these are the services that we do very well. And these are the other additional services that we do. This discovery part has evolved to a stickiness which SuperApp reap the benefits for. Um, But there is also another important part, which is the uh, price comparison. So today, for example, Grab and Gojek provide similar services in Indonesia or in Singapore. So price comparison is one where, you know, if you have a taxi fare at $10 on Gojek and 12 on Grab, you will obviously take the Gojek one because it's a commodity. Um, but the ease with which payments happens is also a very important factor. Traditionally, payments in this region have been very cash-heavy. However, super apps realize that this is a huge issue. Therefore, it is kind of a natural progression of events uh, as an evolution that most super apps solve this by wallets like Alipay, Paytm, GoPay, etc. For the users, this was a world of difference as they could consummate these transactions immediately without the hassle of multi-step payments. For most users, very importantly, this was also their first step into online payments, which is why we see the proliferation of e-wallets or e-money is so high in our region as well. Lastly, the super apps, uh, especially in Asia, like Grab, Gojek, and Shopee, have done an excellent job of building out their services in multiple geographies. And they optimize their experience for each market while providing a single experience for users who do travel multiple markets. So these um, have made the experience a lot tighter, which is why people like you and me who live in this part of the world keep on continuously using these apps and
0: services. I'm going to touch on a pretty tricky, but absolutely important and necessary topic, regulatory. So the proliferation of super apps is probably unlikely to succeed without the active participation of regulators. Now, that's my perspective. Can you share what your perspective is? What kind of trends, opportunities or challenges we might be seeing with regards to this topic today?
1: I think um, traditionally, regulation has been seen as a challenge for startups, for growth, for any kind of new initiatives. Uh, however, my personal opinion is I see regulation as guide rails, uh, which prevent um, unmitigated consumerism or business malpractices. You know, as markets grow, uh, I think regulators provide or are going to provide avenues for responsible business growth. Uh, they provide um, checks and balances, which companies have to adhere to. I like to quote the example of the growth of uh, BNP. Right, the buy now, pay later boom that we witnessed. Uh, as we know, uh, buy now, pay later helped users to make buying choices uh, for products which they might have not have been able to afford earlier. However, uh, in some cases, if not many cases, they also allowed users to use credit in a irresponsible manner. Uh, We've seen how uh, regulators in Asia, um, indeed across the world, are now making efforts to incentivize good behavior for BNPL companies and not give loans to those who potentially could have a high rate of uh, default or already are in some sort of registry. I think regulators bring in that element of grey hair in a sense where you are more deliberate about it. You think about the pros and cons. You think about what is good for the country uh, or overall the industry and then go for it.
0: And and I think based on what you've just said, I could summarize it in, in one line, which is punchy, that growing in the right way, is absolutely important with the right approach in order to realize the greatest growth in the industry, in the country, and therefore then we can start to, to also benefit from better products and services. Now, let's park the success stories in Asia-Pacific for a while. And turn our attention to the Western side of the world. So as we've talked about at the start of this podcast, right, Elon Musk has made several suggestions that Twitter or X could be more than just a social media platform. So he wants to, uh, he wants to turn it into a super app, embedding significant payments, play, services in there. How do you rate his chances?
1: It's always a fool's errand to bet for or against Elon Musk, right? I think people have done that betting on Tesla stock. He's proved all of them wrong. Um, But my line of thought will be mostly around pros and cons. And that's, I think, important for us to understand uh, potentially the nuances of the business, right? Twitter is, at the end of the day, a user-generated content app. Most super apps that we talked about in the last few minutes were services. So these are physical services that we consume, like, again, food delivery or taxis, et cetera. Content monetization, uh, especially user-generated content, has always been difficult, right? Secondly, sensitive topic, but considering it's Mr. Musk, there, is, uh, there are cultural sensitivities around it, right? Uh, he doesn't care about, uh, at least officially or, or publicly, he doesn't care about what the sensitivities could potentially be there, which is why... Um, in today's world where we are seeing uh, the sides move more towards the end, like the left people becoming more woke, the right people becoming more um, right, I guess. Uh, it's difficult to cater to both sides of the pie. The third the third one, which I think is also an interesting one, is that there is no real first mover advantage. Um, User-generated content, especially for snacky content like Twitter, is already there. Multiple platforms exist, multiple languages across geographies. And there is no significant advantage that Twitter or X.com has, which is, which is not there for others. One of the points that I think is uh, getting very interesting is that uh, content plus merchandising is selling. Uh, there are a new wave of... Uh, uh, of individual sellers or even companies which are doing good amount of business on Instagram or on TikTok. In fact, in some of our geographies and the US, TikTok is actually considered an e-commerce site now because they do so many transactions. So maybe that's a good way to monetize uh, you know, the power of the network as well as the power of the platform itself. Um, and maybe that's the way to go forward.
0: I, I totally agree. But if you want to be a super app, that creates value for consumers. You have to be straightforward, clear on your core services, as well as value-added services. Though it might be, but payments might not necessarily have to be the core piece. So I know Twitter X announcing that we're going into payments, but what value does it create for the consumers? What's the proposition? How does it help in your life, my life, in our daily lives, values. I think that's the most important piece. And with that, aside from Twitter, Meta, what are your thoughts around other apps in the global ecosystem? The possibilities of of those apps evolving maybe into the next super app and into the next WeChat, but in another form, perhaps. Uh,
1: So my thought is that as buying behavior goes more and more niche, which is around, let's say, e-commerce, you know, um, things which you would like to buy not on a regular basis. Like I know that I will take a taxi tomorrow, but do not know when I'm going to buy my next jeans. However, I would like to spend more time discussing or talking to people or seeing what they're wearing on jeans, right? So um, so as uh, the, uh, you know, the choice of users goes towards buying more specific products, which are non-commodities, that's where I think the disruption is going to come. Uh, the best example for that is, in my mind, TikTok which has fantastic algorithms to know about what you really want, but at the same time influence your behavior um, in a way that would be a much more nuanced way of suggesting, uh, you know, buying behavior. Uh, And that's when these super apps, because this, this is a very different kind of a super app. The earlier super apps were all commodities, whereas this would be more bespoke customized offerings that will come. And I think, These would transcend boundaries again, as TikTok has shown, where Instagram, TikTok are pretty much available everywhere in the world and uh, maybe have a more sticky, uh, different value prop than only selling stuff.
0: Totally agree with you. And I think this insight is great, right? Commodities versus more bespoke offering, right? I'm ordering a cab so often that I took it for granted. I'm on TikTok more often. I'm buying things more often off TikTok. I am letting maybe TikTok, Instagram, or even Twitter influence how I behave and the decisions I make. So I think that's, that's absolutely amazing in terms of um, insight-wise, right? And I think that is perhaps also linked to my next thing. Looking at the um, super apps today, I would say they're still largely domestic. But we're starting to see some of these players looking at crossing the border. Do you then think super apps need to speed up or start definitely looking at cross-border in order to succeed in in a faster um, speed?
1: Well, I'm, I'm quite clear about the answer to this question, which is that super apps must, otherwise they'll die. Because that's the way evolution happens, right? If you don't look at getting to know the best from what is happening elsewhere, either inculcating it internally or going to those areas and starting to adapt, uh, you will be killed by somebody who's much better than you. The question that super apps need to explore beyond their boundaries is not a business question. It's a existential question. Most super apps should look at exporting uh, what they have cracked well in their local markets and learning from the the, uh, local geographies. Right. I think, uh, First movers will always have an advantage, but the big incumbents in each nation uh, should look at how they can export the services and be relevant in other markets. So I personally think that we will see uh, commoditized super apps like the way Grab, Gojek, WeChat are uh, go into other geographies, um, especially geographies where they can make money.
0: Perfect. I think there, again, couple of points that you pointed out are perhaps key trends or key points to look out for in the super app space moving forward, right? So summarizing more bespoke offerings, as we spoke about in the TikTok example, cross-border element have to be present. Um, innovative ways to monetization. How will these companies make their margins? How will consumers pay? And what will consumers pay? So these are definitely challenging, but exciting to look out for. Now, I'm curious, what else would be the key trends or points to look out for in this space?
1: I think jury is still out on that one. There are multiple players. Um... You know, the bulk always helps, which means WeChat, Alipay have a distinct or Paytm have a distinct advantage, but not necessarily always because it makes you slow as well. I also think that they should be uh, deliberate about it. Most big super app companies should understand the nuances of the market and then go easy, but uh, deep, but slowly. I think one of the areas where most super apps in our region um, are not very evolved is uh, customer service. Uh, because the cost of customer service uh, per transaction is very high. But I think that is going to become increasingly better uh, because A, you will make your systems more efficient. But I think with this new AI tools coming up, it's going to be much better. Um, The second one, um, I think, is um, uh, there is definitely going to be more consolidation either as mergers or some people dying out. And it's already happening. Uh, Like if you see each market in our geography has like two real super apps, the rest are all like less than 10% market share, uh, which is great because then you can keep on optimizing services for them. Uh, And the third trend, I think, is that uh, finally, some of these super apps will start making money uh, because not only will they have commodity offerings where they have to compete on price, uh, but they will have other offerings which people will pay for plus there'll be like loyalty kind of uh, offerings or solutions where the more you use my app, the more you'll get like cash back or points or or just even be rewarded with a nice title, right? So um, I think these three will be key trends going forward.
0: Perfect, I think this is, this is a really nice summary, right? In terms of consolidation, especially, and um, in terms of customer service, I think the question to these apps or upcoming, contenders, how do you keep costs low but still deliver service, right? So all in all, I think it it really still boils down to the consumer value that these apps or upcoming contenders could deliver. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Pratush. It's been extremely insightful for me, for sure. And I hope that's the same for all our listeners and definitely looking forward to what's up and coming in this Super App landscape. But to our listeners, thank you for joining us. This is the Payments Innovation Podcast. Thanks for joining us here on Payments Innovation. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas about the show. Connect with Currency Cloud on Twitter or LinkedIn to find out more. And remember to subscribe via your favorite podcast player. Until next time.